0: it's good to see all of you here today and I especially want to extend a warm welcome to you who are visiting we hope this worship will be a blessing to you and that you'll want to return again soon if you've not already done so please take a moment and find the uh, friendship pad on your pew and pass it along to others there I have several announcements Uh, first we want to give a special welcome to Don Shabke. Don is our new organist and he comes to us from the Traveler's Rest Presbyterian Church. We look forward to his serving among us and to our getting to know him. Now, in regards to some other announcements, um, our children's programs tonight will all be held here in the sanctuary and then next Sunday December 7th is the happy birthday Jesus Christmas party for the children it's going to be held in the social hall and the hours are 5 to 7 and all the children are invited I've been told it's not too late to sign up for the Wednesday supper this week That will be uh, taking place at 6 p.m. So uh, call the office and and put your name in. There is a deadline that is before us and that's for the ordering of the poinsettias. You may see in the bulletin that those should be ordered by tomorrow. So please take note of that. Let me emphasize the angel tree. mission project there are trees in both the narthex here and in the family life center please take one or more angels and follow the instructions in the bulletin and let's participate in this mission project If you've not made a financial commitment yet to our church's 2015 uh, program of mission and ministry, um, please do so. There are commitment cards in the Narthex. You can pick one up and fill it out and place it in the offering plate or return it to the church office. Our pastor is out today due to some severe nosebleeds this week, and one of the last treatments was a little more intensive, and he was asked by a doctor not to be stirring around until coming back to the doctor tomorrow. So uh, he says he is doing better, we pray that that will continue and that he'll be back among us real soon. Let us now begin our worship. stand for the introduction how shall we prepare this house for the coming of the king how shall we prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ How shall we prepare this house for the coming of our, of our Savior? How shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son the work of God? For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved glory to God in the highest you may be seated
1: God will send a righteous king the reading from Jeremiah chapter 23 verses five and six the days are surely coming says the Lord when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness.
2: In ancient times, the cedar
1: was revered as the tree of royalty. It also signified immortality and was used for purification. We place this cedar branch as a sign of Christ who reigns as king forever and whose coming in justice
2: and righteousness will purify our hearts.
0: See it.
1: The prophet declares a child will be born. Isaiah 9 2 6 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us authority raced upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as signs of things that last forever. Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang this wreath of evergreen shaped in a circle, which itself has no end to signify the eternal reign of Jesus the Christ. seventh Psalm: who have believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of ground out of dry ground he had no form of majesty that we should look at him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him he despised and rejected he was despised and rejected by others a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity and one of those from whom others hide their faces. He was despised and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole and by his bruises we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have all turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all for Christians the Isaiah passage reflects the suffering of Jesus who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead in past times Holly and Ivy were seen as signs of Christ's passion Their prickly leaves suggest the crown of thorns, the red berries, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark, the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we place the holly and ivy, let us rejoice in the coming of Jesus our Savior.
3: of Incarnation John first chapter John verses 1 through 5 9 through 14 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being what has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people the light shines in the darkness the will of the man but of God and the word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth
2: as we prepare for the coming of Jesus the light of the world we light the Christmas tree During this Advent, wherever you see a lighted Christmas tree, let it call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness, healing to our brokenness, and peace to all who receive him. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate celebrate the birth of your Son,
4: who rescued rescued us from the
2: darkness darkness of sin by making the cross a tree tree of life and and light, May this tree arrayed in splendor
3: remind us of the life giving cross of
2: Christ that we may rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: lighting of the advent wreath Isaiah 60 verse 2 through 3 the Prophet Isaiah said for darkness shall come over the earth and thick darkness to peoples but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn we light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope may the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel.
0: Time for our children's moments uh, all the children are invited down front
2: Is everybody I brought a couple things and I'm sure you know what this is what is this a calendar just a regular calendar do you have these at home what do you use it for or maybe what do your parents or grandparents use it for okay to mark special dates maybe so you don't forget yeah when you have an appointment or something special going on well let me show you a different kind of calendar Have you seen one, or do you have one at home that looks like this? This is kind of a different looking calendar. You might have one at home that looks totally different than this, but it's the same idea. Do you know what kind of calendar this is? What is it, Christy? It's an Advent calendar. So what is it going to tell us? There's not really room to write any appointments down. It's not as, the spaces aren't as big as this one in my regular calendar. What does it tell us? That's right. You see, this one is Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And then what do the stars have in them? Do you see the numbers? So how this one works is you would fill up the numbers, like tomorrow. What's the date tomorrow? Right. So we would do the first star, and we would color that in. And each day of the month, we would color a different star. And what happens when we have them all colored when we get to the 25th? That's right, it's Christmas Day, it's Jesus' birthday, so it helps us count down to that exciting time. So I brought one for you, and if you have a different one that you do at home, that's fine, but if you want one of mine, you can take this home with you and help you to prepare for Advent. Do you know what the word Advent means? Do you know what that word means, Sarah? What do you think? That is kind of what it means. It means waiting for something Special you're we're getting ready for in this case Christmas, right? And we're counting down those days and at Christmas time we're excited to celebrate Jesus's birthday But we're also supposed to remember that what's gonna happen one day is Jesus gonna come back one day and Everybody will have a big celebration. Yeah, so it's to remind us of that while we are waiting for Christmas during this advent time We can also remember that we're waiting for Jesus to come again one day now There's not a calendar that tells us when that's going to happen is there so how are we ready how do we know that we're going to be ready when that day comes what do we do what are we doing this morning where are we yeah we do it by coming to church by worshiping and praising him so that we do those things so that no matter when he comes we'll be ready right because where is Jesus in our hearts that's right so let's pray together this morning and then today when you take your advent calendar home you're going to color the manger scene portion and then tomorrow you can start coloring the hearts as you wait for um christmas day to come does that sound good okay close your eyes and repeat the prayer after me dear father we are watching and waiting for christmas when we celebrate the day you sent your son, Jesus. We are also waiting for him to come again. Help us to be ready. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Gratitude for all that God has done for us, let us now give our tithes and offerings. a topic for my sermon but the one that Joseph picked is okay so we're gonna have that advent one the scripture is from a different um, passage than the one you find in the bulletin I'm reading from the gospel of Mark in chapter 13 beginning with verse 32 and the reference here is Or the subject is about the end times no one knows about that day or hour not even the angels in heaven nor the Sun but only the father be on guard be alert you do not know when that time will come it's like a man going away He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, Do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, here we are on the first Sunday of Advent, the start of the Christian year centuries ago the church developed this idea of a christian liturgical year with seasons like advent christmas epiphany and so on the seasons were a means of telling the story of salvation it's a story of the promise of a coming savior And then the birth of that Savior and the story of his life and death and resurrection it's the story of the Holy Spirit giving birth to the church it's about the spread of the gospel and it's about the promise that one day Christ will be king of all creation And so there's that annual cycle of these seasons of the Christian year. And it begins with the season of Advent, just four Sundays. This is a season when we are meant to prepare spiritually to celebrate the birth of Christ the suggested scripture lessons for the first Sunday of Advent are not however about what I would call the first coming of Jesus instead the lessons are about his second coming for one of the doctrines of the church based on scripture is that in some time in the future Christ will return to inaugurate a new age, an everlasting kingdom of God. So when we look at the lesson from the lectionary for this first Sunday of Advent, we see that there is an answer to two questions. When will the second coming take place? And what are we Christians to do? between now and then well let's think about the first question when will Jesus come again there is no one way in scripture that describes how the end times will come there are a number of different ways to portray aspects of the second coming one familiar scenario goes something like this leading up to the end times there will be an increase in all kinds of disasters wars immorality and the power of evil growing stronger and stronger the human condition will get worse and worse until finally god intervenes by sending christ to conquer evil and to save the righteous from the earliest days of the church there have been individuals and there have been groups who have thought that they knew when Christ was returning around 200 AD a Syrian bishop announced that Christ was about to begin his new rule His reign. And so the bishop led all of his people out into the desert to meet Christ there when Christ returned. But nothing happened. And they would have died out there in the desert if the police had not gone out there and forced them to return home predictions like that and others have been made over and over again across the centuries you may remember one not too long ago Harold Camping an American um, radio broadcaster and author and evangelist predicted that Christ was gonna come October 21st 2011 And I think he also predicted Christ was going to come in Jerusalem. Well, that day came and went without any obvious change. Just as it had on several other days before that where camping had predicted a return of Christ. There are people today who believe that the end is near. They say things in our world have gotten so bad. They point to signs like global warming and climate change, terrorism, wars scattered all over the planet, epidemics like AIDS and Ebola. They point to immoralities of all kind, bad ethics both on Wall Street and on our streets. And I guess it is easy to read the news or hear the news and to conclude that it's bad all over and that maybe the time really is ripe for the return of Christ. But it is equally true that there have been terrible disasters and there have been great evils. Throughout recorded history to me the most regrettable aspect of end time predictions is that its proponents have ignored some basic scripture the teaching from our Bible earlier I read words from Mark's gospel in chapter 13 let me read again nobody knows when that day or hour will come not the angels in heaven and not the son only the father knows so as for the question when will the second coming take place the answer is no one knows only god knows and that ma- that message is not found just in the passage that i read in several places in the scripture another one is in Matthew's gospel for example in chapter 24 where in five verses we read three times that no one knows when the end of the age will come if Jesus said that he had no idea when history would be consummated Then surely it is foolish for anyone else to attempt to predict such a thing and to his credit Harold Camping the radio announcer and evangelist that I mentioned moments ago acknowledged before he died last year that he had been wrong in making predictions about the end times He went so far as to state that his attempt to predict a date was sinful. So in response to the question, when is the end of the world coming? The answer from scripture and from centuries of experience is no one knows. Now I imagine we're going to continue to hear predictions about the end times maybe from someone on the radio or television or in the internet or on social media but if we do the scripture tells us not to rely on it so we come to the second question that comes and is answered by the scripture on the first Sunday of Advent and it's the question which really Is most important what are Christians to do between now and the second coming before giving a response to that question let me say something about the second coming of Christ namely it is not something to be feared as mysterious as the book of Revelation is Biblical scholars point out that the message of Revelation is intended to give us hope. To give us assurance. Sometime in the future, God is going to bring the created world to a glorious and triumphant conclusion. The world will not just end there'll be a new beginning a new world with an existence better than anything we can imagine so the second coming is not something to be feared now to the question what are Christians to do between now and the day of Christ's return Well, the answer to that question is revealed in the short parable in the gospel that uh, I read from Mark's gospel. In that parable, a master goes away, he leaves home. But before doing so, he he puts his servants in charge. Each of them, the servants, has a job to do work to do and they are to work faithfully and not to be found idle when the master returns now the meaning of that parable is pretty clear isn't it it is our responsibility to do what the Lord has told us to do not to worry about when Jesus will come not speculating about any date of that return. And what are we to do? What is our job? Well, we are told, for example, we're to feed the hungry, heal the sick, house the homeless, befriend the stranger, visit the prisoners we're to be humble merciful kind patient there are lists all through the new testament of things we are to do all those lists can be summed up in one way we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves we are to care about other people as much as we care about ourselves now that's pretty simple it may not be easy but it's not hard to forget or, or they put it the other way it is hard to forget to love others as you would love yourself and that means then that there's almost no limit to what work God has for us to what jobs there are for us to do there's a story found in the Jewish rabbinic tradition it's a story of a man who looked around the world and was deeply distressed by what he saw on every hand there was trouble and turmoil and exploitation he saw people suffering in poverty and ignorance There was pain and grief in their lives so he cried out to God in a prayer saying Lord look at this world of yours look at what is going on the world is in such a mess there's so much misery why don't you send somebody to help and to the man's surprise God answered and said i did send somebody to help i sent you and god has sent us and is counting on us until christ's return so what are we to do we're called to help A world of needy people is waiting. Amen.